Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The rail system literally is the backbone of the nation. Tried to avert a, a rail shutdown. Economically devastating work stoppage. That impact uh, would be felt by about every person out there. Kevin McCarthy and his Republican team. Wants to remove people from committees. It's going to be chaos. The disbanding of Title 42. Why won't you go to the border with us? Peak holiday travel time. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Tuesday, November 22nd. One of those days, if you're old enough to remember, you probably remember this day, uh, the day that uh, John Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I, I remember I was, uh, I think I was in the fifth grade at the time, the fourth or fifth grade, 63. And uh, it was, um, I remember looking out the front of the school. I did something for, uh, some. the teacher asked me to do something. It was, and I looked out the front window and noticed that the flag was at half staff. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember commenting, I said, wonder why that is. And uh, they didn't tell us until we got out of school that day that uh kennedy had been uh, well they didn't tell us at all we found out when we got into the we got home or got into the car to go home and the radios were on and uh, found out that uh, john kennedy had been assassinated yeah people that remember it <clears throat> well my brother was uh my mother was pregnant with my brother i was born two years later <clears throat> but people that so you don't remember it no obviously not <laughs> but uh but you know i remember vividly how it affected my parents for years afterwards, you know, um, and heard their stories. And of course, me being a history geek and political geek at an early age, I mean, I, I read everything there was to read about it. And um, just from hearing my parents talk about it, but it, I can, you know, just in, when I talk to people that generation, it, it honestly shook a generation. And it, honestly, I think it created a generation of democrat voters to be honest with you it did and you know i was old enough to recognize at the time now i wasn't into politics like i am now but i i was old enough to recognize at the time that the attitudes towards john kennedy turned on a dime Mm. that people the day before thought this guy eh, he's young and i know they you know he's got a a pretty wife and you know so-called glamorous camelot but eh, is he really competent? And as soon as the tragedy in Dallas, Texas took place, immediately people, oh, this is the greatest president we've ever had. Yeah, I mean, by any objective person that follows it and followed it back to end, I mean, his presidency was was really a, a failure on so many levels yeah, on yeah. the you know economic, political front. Um, the Bay of Pigs, is, Bay of Pigs, uh, yeah. interna- international diplomacy issues and everything, and it uh, really kind of turned that presidency around in more ways than one and who else died on this day oh blackbeard yeah blackbeard yeah. Uh, you're you're a east carolina fan right east carolina alum yeah this this day um 304 years ago 1718 uh blackbeard I wonder if they have any, had his head sliced off yeah they sh- i wonder if they have any uh any ceremonies today or something across, you know, like Bath or Beaufort or somewhere or Melbourne, you know, it's like that. Call in, let us know. Is there something going on to commemorate uh, Blackbeard? You know, it's it really interesting. And uh, I tell you, if you want a short synopsis 
of the life of Blackbeard, Carolina Journal has got a great piece up today just uh, by Kelly um, Slappy and uh, just just talking about Blackbeard, Edward Teach, and uh, from England joined a, another pirate by the name of Benjamin uh, Hornigold and uh, ended up capturing a French slave ship and he ended up being the captain of that slave ship renamed it queen anne's revenge uh took it from 14 guns to 40 guns and basically terrorized down in the uh, caribbean or caribbean depending how you like to announce it um and then they they came after him and uh, for some reason he decided to surrender to the governor of uh north carolina charles eden and for a time became a family man huh but uh it didn't last too long and when he was that's when he was in bath but then he decided ah eh, that's the pirate's life for me <laughs> and went back and started uh it was the rum started pirating again and uh, was down around charleston for a while and finally the uh virginia governor spotswood took matters in his own hand and he was blackbeard was down around Ocracroke and uh sent down a lieutenant in the navy and uh ended up capturing well interestingly the uh ship that was sent down to try to capture him i think the guy's name was maynard who was the captain of that ship he ran his ship aground and he sent everybody down below and waited for blackbeard and his crew to come aboard the ship and at that point they went out and there was a uh a slaughter and literally blackbeard lost his head and i guess he's um the first or at least one of the early domestic terrorists in the colonies i guess oh yeah that's I, exactly what he did I, it's been years i used to read some he a, held a lot the, the whole it. city of charleston hostage yeah because uh, at one point he had 300 men under him and a bunch of ships and was basically held the city of charleston hostage until they paid him a ransom but uh yeah so that was kind of uh, like the irs <laughs> <laughs> by the way uh sad story out of charlotte wbt is reporting that wbt's meteorologist jason myers and a helicopter pilot by the name of chip tag were killed in a helicopter crash in the southbound lanes of interstate 77 in south charlotte happened around lunchtime today and uh very sad story the police chief of uh, charlotte mecklenburg johnny jennings said no vehicles were involved it was the only two people that lost their lives were the uh, the weather meteorologist for wbt and the pilot of the helicopter he also said jennings called the pilot a hero stating that witnesses indicate they made diversionary moves away from the highway to save lives because of his heroic acts there was no further injuries or vehicles mm. on the highway involved in the incident and Terrible. of course they're investigating why it went down and i'm assuming it was uh i mean it was basically the same weather we have here i don't think that it was a weather related i'm assuming it was something mechanical speaking of the irs a number of media outlets are reporting this afternoon that the supreme court has rejected trump's bid to keep tax returns from house democrats we were talking before we went on uh donald trump ought to just go ahead and follow the obama eric holder method of uh 
just just delay and refuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the Democrats do. They don't do something. They just don't do it. Uh, so anyway, SCOTUS said, no, you're going to have to go ahead and give the Democrats on the House Ways and Means Committee your tax returns. And listen, this is a witch hunt. I mean, I know, I know that's what Donald Trump would call it, but it absolutely is. This, this is totally political. You know, the, the Democrats are leaning on a 1920s law that allows some some congressional leaders to request tax information for any taxpayer of statutes they insist includes current or former presidents. Uh, I mean, first of all, this seems very odd that anybody, whether it be a member of Congress or anyone at all, would have the right just to say, hey, I want to see Benny Hardy's tax returns. It's none of your business. I mean, if you have done something wrong, let the IRS agents catch you at it and review your tax returns. But the idea that you can go out and make them public? Yeah, and, you know, when Trump was running for office and they made the big deal about his his tax returns and not releasing his tax returns, I I made a point then. I I wish Donald Trump would have just simply, instead of, you know, saying all the things he said, he just would have simply said, look, my personal tax returns is none of your damn business, plain and simple. Yeah, I mean because he was well, he, he was a private. Said that. <laughs> yeah, but you know he. I mean, I honestly, when I saw his tax returns, the the select um, the select portions of tax returns in the big long New York Times article, uh, I, I predicted it right exactly why he didn't want to release them because I knew, knew during the time period the the real estate market was in shambles, and I knew that he probably uh, claimed a bunch of losses. And rightfully so, on some properties that he had uh, during that during that you know financial crisis back in you know two thousand seven, eight, nine, ten, two, was it probably eleven, twelve, thirteen before things really started turning around. But you know, <laughs> the the fact that they made a big deal about him not releasing his tax returns while he was a private citizen, and Joe Biden releasing his that doesn't say anything about the sources of his income it really doesn't say any details can we get into the details of joe's tax returns oh yeah when we talked hunters yeah we talked about him back in uh you know before the election you know in fact i have one of his years here you know there was there was three or four years uh joe biden had that added up 17 18 million dollars total income over three or four years from corporations owned by him and Jill called uh, Celtic Capra and Giacoppa Corporation. Giacoppa, I think, is Jill's actually maiden name, real maiden name. But uh, but anyway, you know, the the press never ask any questions about, you know, let me see the sources of that income. You know, someone that basically had little to no net worth worked his entire adult life for some form of government, mainly the, the federal government, U.S. government, and all of a sudden he – has a, a windfall of sixteen, eighteen million dollars income over a couple year period, and interesting enough, a few weeks later or months later, matches up exactly with the time period that Tony Bobolinsky you know talked about mm. the business deals with Hunter Biden. So, and the fact that the news media ignores all that, the news media ignores the fact that when the Republicans had control of Congress and they, to your point, kept um, requesting Eric Holder's records, all sorts of records. And the Justice Department did nothing, yeah, which was it, was it was Trump's Justice Department, which you know, hey, tr- you know, Trump picked the wrong guys. But now, for the last four years or two years, um, well, actually four years, because Democrats had control of Congress, it's just been an absolute witch hunt. They've put people in jail for not coming to testify before Congress, 
when 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 the when the Republicans had control of Congress, they just didn't even show no, up. Didn't, didn't even give up, them information. Shot the bird at them and could care less. And for the news media now not to say, wait a minute, double standard. Wait a minute, double standard here. It's just a, a, you've got to be a complete idiot to listen to what the mainstream media says and does and report it to be journalism. It's not journalism at all. You ask, how did they vote on the Supreme Court? We don't know. This is a short order. It does not include any reasoning, nor does it note any dissents among the nine justices, including the three Trump-appointed justices, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, But that only means we don't know how the justices voted on the matter as it came about. Um, But will uh, and again, the Republicans take over in January. When's the uh, when do they they switch over? It's like the they switch over pretty early in yeah, January. Yeah, it's real early. I, I mean, it's remember. like the 6th or 7th of, of January. It's yeah. it's shortly after the, the New Year's holiday. It's yeah. like the first week. Mm-hmm. So basically, Trump just needs to drag his feet for the next uh, 35 days, and uh, he'll probably be in the clear. We will see. Uh, Washington Examiner has the final tally on how impeachment Republicans fared in the midterm elections. Representative David... Volato, his re-election, he won California's 22nd district. That uh, race was called Monday by the Associated Press, and uh, he voted to uh, impeach Donald Trump. So he was one of the few in the House that ran for re-election, won his primary, voted for the impeachment, and actually won his general election. He was only one of two to make it to the 118th Congress out of the 10 who voted to impeach. Four decided not to run for re-election. Four lost in their primaries. Um, and two of the districts where the uh, pro-impeachment Republicans were ousted, Democrats managed to flip the seats. So, uh, and the big one, of course, was um, the two big ones were uh, Liz Cheney and... Uh, Oh, what's the other guy's name uh, that was on the committee? Yeah, I can How quick? Oh, good. It's good that we can't remember his name. Uh, he's out. Yeah, he, he's gone. And, uh, of course, over in the Senate, seven Republicans voted to impeach uh, Trump. Lisa Murkowski. Uh, is she going to win in that Alaska rest? I mean, they still haven't decided. They got that screwball uh, Alaska rank choice voting. Yeah, it looks like. I think she's going to win. But, you know, what's so bad about it is what? Well, we're, we're exactly, what, two weeks since the election, election day. Yeah. And we have, I saw today, we still have uh, precincts in various states that are only 70% of the ballots counted. That, that's a, that's, that is third world. That is absolutely ridiculous. And, and third you, world gives us it better than this. And can you imagine, you know, the, the way we, from time to time, go across the world and do, you know, what's called nation building and democracy building and all this ridiculous mess when, when we try to help them with their elections if i was somebody in a foreign country i'd say you want to do what you're the most advanced economically successful uh country in the world and you're you're two weeks out and you still can't count the yep. daggone balance it, it's ridiculous adam kinzinger is the yeah uh, kinzinger yeah. yeah um well speaking of that the Epic Times is reporting a second Arizona county on Monday delayed certifying its midterm election results until the 28th of November. That's the deadline in a show of solidarity with Maricopa County, where voting problems were reported on Election Day. The Mojave County Board of Supervisors explicitly promised during a meeting they would certify the election results by November the 28th, saying their decision to push the certification back 
until the deadline was a political statement. The delay comes after Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake said Monday that whistleblowers are coming forward about reports of voting issues on Election Day. Uh, Arizona GOP Chair Kelly Ward, a Mojave County resident, praised the decision to delay, saying rural voters are being disenfranchised by what happened in Maricopa County. Uh, the other county, Cochise, was sued by Democrat. Now, is this name familiar? Um, was sued by Democrat-aligned uh, Elias Law Group, Mark Elias, a former Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer whose firm Perkins Coy hired Fusion, Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele. Uh, he said, let me be clear, if any Arizona county fails to follow the law to timely certify the election results, they will be sued. I mean, this guy is just a bully, and unfortunately, a lot of people cower of that kind of talk. And he's made a boatload of money he's doing it. He's made a lot of money. And uh, listen, what he is doing is illegal. What he did here in North Carolina and getting the board to change the rules after the election had started is uh, probably illegal, highly, highly unethical. But uh, anyway, in Maricopa County... Um, there are some big time issues there. It's, uh, well, I played some audio yesterday of, uh, Bill Gates, the other Bill Gates, uh, who is just, he, he's head of elections in Maricopa County, but there were 11 Republican attorneys, uh, in Maricopa County, the day of the election, they visited 115 of the 223 vote centers in Maricopa County election day and found 72 of them or 62% had material problems with tabulators not being able to tabulate ballots. Uh, there, There is, I think, oh, you, well, you are going to see lawsuits. I mean, Carrie Lake has promised that, now whether or not anything comes of it. But again, you know, I mentioned yesterday the, the uh, McRae-Dallas situation with, uh, what was the pastor's name that ran uh, for Congress down there oh. in that Union County uh, uh, congressional district? And listen, the, the North Carolina Board of, of Elections said we're going to do a redo, and they they had a redo in that election. I, I you know, the, the malfeasance that took place in Maricopa County, I frankly, I mean, I they're not going to listen to me, but if uh, McCray Dallas's actions caused a, a, a redo, uh, they ought to consider a redo down there. Yeah, and uh, you know, Arizona. <laughs> It's not a backwoods place. No. I mean, you almost got to say it's intentional. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean is it, are they that inept or is it that intentional? I think it's, it might be a little bit of both, but I think there's more intentionality on it than there is ineptness. Hey, we got to take a time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to the show that really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in and uh, mark your calendars for December 19th. That's a Monday. That's when Christmas with the Embers is back on stage at the Reimage Church in Winterville. Once again, WTIB is teaming up with the Pitt County Operation Santa Claus and will be donating money and toys to help kids in need this holiday season. You can purchase your tickets online at WTIBFM.com. Our thanks to our sponsors, which include the Air Doctor, Hardee's, Fantastic Sam's, Greenville Utilities, 
Telco Credit Union, Speedy Oil Change and Auto Service, GoEco, 264 Shoes and Apparel, Greenville Toyota, Pear Electronics, Southern Bank, AmeriHealth, Caritas of North Carolina. Thank you to our sponsors, and we do hope you can make it to the Embers concert. That's Monday, December 19th. Tickets available online. Taking a look at your weather forecast, considerable cloudiness tonight, a low of 37. Tomorrow looks pretty nice, a high of 66. Uh, partly cloudy skies, a few clouds tomorrow night with a low of 38. Thanksgiving Day, partly cloudy, a high of 66. So uh, looks like a great couple of days of weather. Now, when we get into Friday, there's a 60% chance of rain with a high of 62. But, you know, over the next uh, week or so, we're going to see highs pretty much every day and at least the upper 50s to low to mid 60s so all in all not bad that's probably fairly close to normal i would think wouldn't you think those temps it will feel warm because it's been so stinking cold the last couple of weeks but uh yeah uh, let's go for it weather brought to you by our friends at the ironwood golf and country club have you heard the news ironwood golf and country club was voted best golf course in greenville for the fourth year in a row Ironwood boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, members-only full-service dining, monthly social events, a competition-sized swimming pool, clay tennis courts, making Ironwood the perfect place to make new traditions with your friends and family. Looking for the perfect gift for a loved one? Ironwood has gift certificates available. Looking for the perfect gift for your family? Join Ironwood with no initiation fees. That will certainly be the gift that we'll give all year long. Contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653 to learn more. Golf, tennis, swimming, and uh, what a great clubhouse they've got at Ironwood. Go out and check it out for yourself. The Daily Wire is reporting on a new poll from Iowa. I know. Just last week I was saying you can't trust the polls. Uh, this is, believe it or not, I know, it's just two weeks <laughs> Two weeks ago we had the midterms, and here is your first presidential primary poll. Uh, presidential primary gets underway every four years with the Iowa caucuses, and uh, it shows Iowa Republicans have swung strongly toward Florida GOP Governor Ron DeSantis as their leading presidential candidate for 2024. Did you hear DeSantis came out the other day and said, I have not yet begun to fight? <laughs> the Neighborhood Research and Media Poll released yesterday showed 32% of respondents selected DeSantis as their first choice to run for president, followed by Trump at 30%. The poll reflects a mammoth 23-point swing towards DeSantis from June when Trump was the favorite by 38%. DeSantis was favored by 17%. And an even bigger 46% reversal from November of 21 when Trump led 56 to 12% with support barely half at what it was a year ago in a time when DeSantis' vote has nearly tripled. Trump becomes a severe underdog in the race, said Rick Shafton of Neighborhood Research and Media. Iowa caucus is state, uh, Iowa is a caucus state, I should say, rather than one that features a primary whom voters select as a second choice matters. When respondents were asked which candidate would be their second choice, 48% responded, uh, with DeSantis, 42 picked Trump. A 5% chose Pence. 1% chose uh, Christy Nome. Uh, other names mentioned. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. Of course, she's a homeboy. 
uh, Mike Pence, 3%. Uh, Haley, uh, Nikki Haley was in there. Ben, ben Carson? <laughs> I don't think he's even going to run. He was mentioned. Uh, Mike Pompeo was mentioned as well. So anyway, but it uh, looks like it's uh, right now. And again, I know, A, don't depend on polls, and B, it's a long, long way away. Did, did he mention Yunkin? I didn't hear Yunkin. Did he mention the Virginia governor? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, yes, I know who Yunkin is. Um, I do not see his name in here. Okay, I didn't know if I missed it while I was reading something else. But, uh, yeah. you know— He's, I do not see his name. He's been here. making trips to New York. Uh, you know, the rumor is meeting with big money donors and all, but uh, I, you don't, know, I don't see it. I mean, I, uh, well, I can certainly see him he's running. He's two years in there. Yeah, I can. Or is it two years or one year? In uh, there? One year, I yeah, guess. Yeah, because yeah. they got that oddball election year up there. I can certainly see him running. I, the, these folks that I think. Uh, we talked before to show that I, I say are five to ten percent or some of them less than that all they're going to do is just guarantee handing it to trump is what they're going to do if they, if they all run the primary and the sanis runs you know the vote will be split uh in these various states um and i think trump will be the nominee what if they, what do you think trump's response would be if they go through the process and desantis decides to run and he ends up um beating out trump what do you think trump's do you think trump would say okay i lost fair and square i'm gonna get behind desantis <laughs> if there's no other options for him uh i mean i don't, I don't know what the rules are about you know no you cannot switch and run you can't as an switch and run for, no. as an independent so uh now he might try but. <laughs> you know my, my prediction if well you know desantis has not announced he's running no yet, he's not so, so if it's desantis and a few a couple other ones early on um, I, I can see, I can see early on some of those early st- early primary states like Iowa, which is Iowa's a caucus, New Hampshire, and places like that. I can see early on them going really strong for DeSantis and Trump getting really, really defensive and really combative. And I, I just don't, I don't think that's going to do them any good uh, in those no, early early states. But then, but then he'll start hitting some states that just are solidly behind him. Um, and then with the votes being, if you're split up between four or five other candidates, he, I mean, he may can walk to the primary. I, but I, I still stand by, if it's him and DeSantis head to head, I think DeSantis will beat him. I really do. I would think so. And I, and I think DeSantis is the only one that can beat uh, whoever the Democrats put up. Well, who is that? I mean, they got a pretty small bench. I mean, you, th- you think it's going to be Newsom? Uh, Joe says he's going to run again, and. Uh, I, if he's if he's alive, I mean, he just he turned eighty over the weekend, right? Yeah, eighty, and I, and I, I'm really he said something last week or week before last that he's going to talk about it with his family over the holidays, and I'm predicting uh, January February he's going to announce that he's not running. I, I just I and you know there's more and more reporting by the mainstream media on this Hunter Hunter Biden laptop story oh, yeah. that they've set on for two years. The information's been out there. I just think. Um, I think he's going to get the signals from the party to step aside or else. And I think he's going to step aside. And I think uh, all of a sudden Gavin Newsom will announce he's in. There'll be some others that, that will go in, but he's the only one with any star power. Unless there's, unless, you know, Michelle Obama some, somehow decides to run, he's the only one with enough star power 
uh, in the Democrat Party to just kind of push off all the other. Well, apparently some in the mainstream media are really irritated at Biden because uh, they weren't allowed to attend the granddaughter's wedding. Oh, which gra- took place. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. wedding that the taxpayers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was reading some articles on that, and it really came across as the Bidens wanted to have an event that would be Camelot-like. Yeah. And uh, it, it just, it never happened. I mean, you know, they, they bought in fan, Vanity Fair to take pictures, and, you know, it was on the front page of the of the magazine, and I, I'm sorry, this was not Princess Diana, and it wasn't even, you know, John Kennedy and family. This this was <laughs> this was cousin Eddie and family. Now, whose child is this? Is it is Bose? Hunter Biden's. No, it's Hunter Biden's daughter. Hunter Biden's daughter. Yeah. Hmm. Which I was surprised he had a, a child old enough to be uh, getting married, <laughs> but. Surprised he was uh, sober enough to father a child. Yeah. <laughs> I, now, who the mother was, I couldn't tell you, but it was—I know it was listed as Hunter Biden's child. By the way, speaking of presidential candidates, I—I uh, I, I do like. Now, I don't know that he's going to be the guy, I, and I really like DeSantis. I mean, I'd—I'd I'd be all in on DeSantis. And listen, I really like Donald Trump, so don't think, oh, you're a turncoat, Lamprecht. Um, but. You know, I, I do I do want to look at okay who is got the best likelihood of winning in the general election, but I do like a lot of what Mike Pompeo says, and Mike Pompeo came out. You know, he was speaking down at this event over the weekend at, at this um, Republican Jewish Coalition conference. I'm, I'm sorry, it was uh, in Las Vegas, and uh, he called out. He was asked. He said, "I'm asked all the time who is the biggest threat to America." Is it uh, is it Kim in North Korea or is it uh, Xi Jinping of China? And he says, no, the biggest threat to America is Randy Weingarten, <laughs> the head of the teachers union. Not, and I, I would I, tend I, I to agree with what, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, in terms of a danger to America, what she is doing, how she is prop- – and listen, she is just there <laughs> trying to – uh, again, feather her own nest, but uh, and and making a lot of money while doing it. But what she is pushing with transgenderism in the classroom, with CRT in the classroom, with uh, perverse lifestyles in the classroom, uh, just pushing uh, the left wing talking points constantly. Uh, I, I would agree with Mike Pompeo. I think he's got. I think he hit hit, hit that one out of the park. Yeah, Mike, he's he's quite possibly could be one of the smartest guys in Washington, certainly running for president, if he is running for president. I think he finished number one in his class at West Point. But he he just, uh, he's not, I don't think he's electable. I think he'd be a great vice president, you know. Um, but I just don't think he's, you know. Well, compared to the vice president we have right now. Well, you know, that's. <laughs> that wouldn't be a fair no, comparison. No, I mean, that's absolutely true, but she couldn't get elected either. No, know? no, no. I, you know, I think that's a good point. Uh, you know, he might be one of the smartest guys ever to be Secretary of State. And uh, I mean, as you know, it's more about sizzle than steak. And of course, you know, Biden doesn't have any sizzle either. But um, I just don't think Pompeo could get elected at all. I just don't. Well, it's going to be interesting to figure out. Okay, jockeying for position, or any of these people getting their name out there so they can be the VP. That could, and, be, uh, that could be that could be a good point. Be. Mm-hmm. Tim Scott, he could be a veep. Uh, 
Nikki Haley. Haley. Nikki Haley. Christy yeah. Nome. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So Joe Biden uh, earlier today came out, the White House came out and said that uh, those mean, mean Republicans and their special interest who are seeking to deny the student loan relief. Well, guess what? That's not fair. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm confident our student debt relief plan is legal but it's on hold, so we're going to go ahead and extend the payment pause to June 30th of 2023, which is exactly what he said he wasn't going to do. Mm. But uh, you, you think it has anything to do with the little election they're having in uh, December Georgia. in Georgia? Possibly. I mean, Possibly. just to, just extend it a little bit, pick up a few more votes. Right. I'm sure the, it'll be talked about. Well, I mean, it's, it's a done deal now whether you vote for him or not, but – Interestingly, yesterday the Daily Wire was reporting that if you go on the website to apply for the student loan forgiveness, now new applications aren't being taken, but they are notifying Americans who have already applied that, oh, you're, you're still good to go. You still have the green light. Don't you worry. We're going to make sure you don't have to pay. <laughs> uh, somebody's got to pay, Joe. You can't out free stuff to Democrats. Yeah. You just can't. So have you heard that uh, Samuel Alito is now being blamed for the Dobbs leak? I've heard that. I, that's hard to believe. Well, I mean, it's, it's total speculation. Now, re- remember the, the left. I mean, the left are like the little boys who cry wolf. Uh, can you say Anita Hill, the Clarence Thomas, Christine Blasey Ford? I, I, I mean – the accusations that she said that Brett Kavanaugh did to her, and I granted, I mean, whatever happened in her, in her fictitious mind would have happened, what, 30 years earlier, 25, 30 years earlier. I, I, I'm sorry, that wouldn't have happened to that woman. Uh, Michael Avenatti said he was aware of significant evidence that embattled Supreme Court uh, nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, well, now there's a guy by the name of Rob Schneck, who they they he's got to be legitimate because he's an anti-abortion activist reverend. Well, and this is this is what they do: they find somebody and say, "Oh, well, this guy's a Republican, so you got to trust him." Oh, this guy's an anti-abortionist, so you got to trust him. Uh, anyway, this guy has come out and claimed that a friend of a friend was having dinner. And they were with um, Samuel Alito and his wife. And Samuel Alito came out and leaked the Burwell versus Hobby Lobby verdict weeks before it came out. And so therefore – and by the way, Alito says, I never did that. <laughs> what are you talking about? But therefore, it's obvious that he's also leaked the Dobbs decision. Well, he let's see. He believes total the, conjecture. Uh, he's the minister that believes in abortion. So no, he's, he's anti-abortion. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but 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 again, that's what that's what they do. They'll find someone who says, "Well, conservatives would have to like this guy because he claims to be anti-abortion." Now, I didn't do a check on the guy, but uh, I'm highly suspicious of the guy. Uh, go check him out, Schneck. Reverend Rob S C H E N C K. Where is he from? 
I don't know that much about them. Hmm. Uh, no. Yeah, I don't, don't see know. It. Don't know. Don't see it either. Hmm. But uh, yeah, this is this is. Well, as we talk about total speculation. Yeah, as we talk about all the time, the Democrats accuse the Republicans of doing things they're actually doing. So they so they actually leaked it. So uh, yeah, what is that projecting? I think that's called yep. projecting yep. something like yep. that. Interesting story. This is this is not a big political story, but it just caught my eye, and I thought this was this is really interesting. The last surviving member of the film Gone with the Wind mm. passed away at age ninety. Is that, is that Mickey L- Coon? Mickey Coon. Okay. He was cast as Bo Wilkes when he was six years old. The film, of course, came out in nineteen thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Died in Naples, Florida, at age ninety. He said that he went to the, his mom took him to the audition. Apparently, he'd been in a couple of films and was in like a Sears and Roebuck catalog or something. But uh, he said there were sixty to eighty kids and adults at the casting office. He didn't want to be there, and his mom said, "You're gonna you're gonna stay." He wanted to say, "Go up and tell the lady your name." He went up and said, "I'm Mickey Coon." She said, "Mickey, we've been waiting for you. Told everybody else to leave. We found our guy." And uh, anyway, he said that uh, he never he, – he was the kid that um, Ashley was holding when Melanie, who was played by Olivia de Havilland, was dying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, you know what's, what's wrong with my mommy? And, and you know, Ashley uh, was, was holding him. And he said he never got to – the scene never included Olivia de Havilland because she was behind the door supposedly dying. He said he finally met her in 2006 at her 90th birthday party, 67 years wow. after the film was made. But uh, he was, also was supposed to look up to uh, Clark Gable and say something about Uncle, Rack, uh, Uncle Rhett, because he played Rhett Butler. Mm-hmm. And he kept screwing up the lines and kept calling him Uncle Clark. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, that was the, my, my mother used to say it was the, the first movie she saw in a movie theater. Really? Gone with the Wind. That was, I think it was her second favorite. Her, first, her favorite was Sound of Music. But um, I always liked Gone with the Wind. Yeah. As well. yeah. Of, course, of course, now, you know, it's considered a racist movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it was probably somewhat of an accurate portrayal of what happened uh, Pro- during that so. era. It was, a, it was well done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he also played with uh, John Wayne. In uh, some movies, Red River. Mm-hmm. He was 14 that. years old in that movie, and John Wayne was supposed to smack him <laughs> in the movie as part of the movie. And apparently, John Wayne says, "Okay, if I uh, smack you," and he said, "Well, what is supposed to say? He's the movie star. I'm just a side bit actor." And he said, "Oh, that'd be fine, Mr. Wayne." And he mm-hmm. said, and he got smacked. <laughs> John Wayne was a big dude too. I'd, I'd hate to be smacked by him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome Here's back. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Uh, hey, by the way, we're off uh, starting tomorrow through the end of the week for the uh, Thanksgiving holidays before we go off the air we hope you have a great thanksgiving and hope you have got a lot of stuff to be thankful for you know i was thinking over things to be thankful for especially in light of where our country is today because it's easy to get down it's easy to look at the situation that we're in you know 
the the whole transgender issues, the CRT issues, the Black Lives Matter issues, the, the whether or not we're having fair elections, the Department of Justice, the FBI, you know, institutions that we thought were, you know, just f- fourteen carat sterling, whatever, you know, th- that they were pure, they were impeccable, and now we're seeing them falling apart. But you know, one of the things I was really thankful for as I thought through this was our founding fathers put together a system of government that is not easily unwound. I mean, can you – if we were just to have a, a third world country constitution and form of government that could so easily be run over like a steamroller, the, the, the people that are trying to take over our nation now, how easy it would be. Mm-hmm. But the genius of our founding fathers with a separation of powers – with a constitution that makes things very, very clear, uh, it is not easy for these rascals to take over. It's not as easy as it would be. Now, I, I unfortunately would have to admit that they're making some inroads and they're basically ignoring the rule of law and saying, we'll do what we darn well please. But that's that's something that we, we ought to be thankful for. But boy, we need to be praying over this Thanksgiving holiday, <laughs> thanking the Lord for our blessings, but also begging and praying to him to uh, give us another great awakening and to give us a a country that would uh, wake up to some common sense yeah you would think you would think that during times like we've seen the last few weeks you would even think republicans if they get back in power you know don't don't allow the executive branch to have too many powers because hey when you don't have that office they're going to do the same thing or worse and you've seen that with you know, unbelievable number of executive orders by Biden. Yeah. Um, so, and it's frustrating because there does seem to be two sets of rules. But what they need to do is they need to get in there when they get in there and pass legislation to make sure those rules are not violated in the future. Stand on the Constitution. Hey, listen. Have a great Thanksgiving. We will see you next Monday. See you then. Bye, bye, everybody. All right. All right.